welcome to the 26th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we're your Queen Bees for today and every day for the rest <laughs> of your lives. Um, so I feel like I just want to start on like personal life corner. Yeah, um, go for it. The big news is that Brennan and I have rented a two-family house in Boston, so it's official. We're moving away. Which I'm like both happy for you and deeply sad at the same time. <laughs> like honestly, though, the flight is 45 minutes. Yeah, I'll be back more than you would like. <laughs> um, Brendan now has a client here, so like he'll probably be making business trips, which I will tag mm-hmm. along on. Plus, we'll talk to each other every week. That's true. Over Skype and what or however, however we figure out to record this. That. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I need to like reach out to like real podcasters and text them or yeah and tweet at them or something yeah I feel like they should pay it forward and teach us how to do that I know they talked about it once on bros watch pll too but like they have like legitimately hundreds of episodes so it'd be take me a year to go find it but yeah I'll figure it out um yeah so that's like the big thing that's going on with me mm-hmm. so now I'm like really stressed out about moving and now we need to find a bunch of rugs because it's all hardwood sure. and stuff. Um, but it's like the home of my dreams. I love it. I'm very happy with it. Good. And I'll show you. You're going to have a sunroom. I have a sunroom, which will have a fern and my desk and books. And like, I'm going to hang my Sylvia Plath quote. Perfect. On mm-hmm. some bulletin board or something. That sounds great. Yeah, it just feels like I'm gonna have a sanctuary all my own. That's I which I didn't have in this house. No, that's true. Your desk is in, in the, the middle in a common space. It is in the living room, <laughs> which I never have ever sat at. Yeah, honestly. Well, like I think sense. when I was studying for the LSAT, like I was like, oh yeah, I'll definitely study at my desk, and then end up every single time taking those tests on the couch. So, yeah. um, yeah. So that's like that's the big the big news for me. I don't have news. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, today, uh, driving to a school in Arlington, it took me in an unexpected route, like, kind of through D.C. Oh, no. So, but actually, it was, like, quite lovely. It was, like, the sun was coming up, and I was, like, driving along the Potomac. I guess that's and, true. You live at, leave at O-Dark Hour every day. Yeah, so it was, like... And people were, like, jogging along the monuments, and the trees are blooming. It was... It was quite pleasant and then I tried to go the same way home and got lost so or I didn't get lost but I definitely missed a turn and then it took me a lot longer to get home than it should have got it so um did I tell you that me and Brandon got rejected from another apartment what? like we interviewed with the people who own it was like also a two-family home so the couple who owns it lived in the bottom floor and then we were going to live in the top floor and they were like you can't live here so like we came in that day we basically thought we were going to get this house like that we thought this was going to be the one Mm -hmm. but then I got in there and like it was number one like the smallest bedrooms I've legitimately ever seen like (laughs) I mean Boston houses have small bedrooms anyway like they don't have the whole like Mm -hmm. master bedroom feel at all and they don't usually have like a bathroom connected which like okay I'm used to it by now I guess but Mm -hmm. um I mean, these were, I legitimately was like, can we measure this? Because I don't think we can fit a queen bed in this at all. Like, I don't think we could walk on either side of a queen bed. So that was one thing. And, like, the main thing that was really a huge turnoff for me is that, so they had two sunrooms, and then each of us, each of them was going to be our office. Mm-hmm. And my sunroom had clearly been somebody's place where they smoked all day. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was, like, the whole thing smelled like cigarettes. Like, I couldn't. I was like, no, we can't live here. This is it. But we still did interview with the couple just in case we literally found nothing else. And then we got a call later in the day, and they didn't like us. Oh. <laughs> Which, like, I, I just... Which is interesting because, like, you and Brendan are not, like, partiers, or it's not, like... No, but I, I, but I think that they probably thought, just because we were young, that we were. Um... Like, I think it was ageism. Because also, like, Brendan and I really, I mean, we really don't party. No. Like, I mean, the most that we will do is a happy hour. And, we like, we don't drink in our house. We would never have, like, a rager at our house. Ever. Mostly because I don't want to clean it up. Right. 
Like, you might, might have someone over for, like, a cocktail. But they would be gone I would, by 10. I would do that, but, like, it's like we would watch the Kira Knightley version of yes. Pride and Prejudice with a glass of wine. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be... You know, there would be no jungle juice or, like, whatever, <laughs> or, like, a beer bong out the window. Like, right. I don't know what they're expecting. Um, but so, anyway, it was just a huge shot to my confidence, though, that, like, was like people, I didn't even want to live there anyway. That's how I felt. I'm like, I was like, it was, like, kind of like when um, GW Law rejected me. I'm like, I don't even want to go here. Like, how dare you? Yeah. Um, so, that was weird. That is weird. Um. In other news, Brendan is finally back in town. It's been seven weeks. I know. It feels like a long time. Yeah. But it was, like, this morning we went up and went to um, Vortex together, which is my cycling place. Oh. Yeah, it was great. And then we, like, enjoyed, like, I had a matcha latte and he had a smoothie. I'm like, wow, this is marriage bliss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so things are things are looking up for old Cher. Yeah. Over here. I mean. I have, like, about 30 days left in my office. That's great. Yeah. I was trying to think of something in the car that I could share as news on the way here. And literally all I could think of... Not news, but just, like, something that's been going on with me. And, like, the most that I could think of was, like, somebody honked at me today, like, for turning left in a place where, like, I'm pretty sure you can turn left. And I was like, what do you want me to do? Get in the other lane when you can. Oh, it was one of those things where, like that lane could go straight or left, and so they're stuck waiting behind you. I mean, yeah. sorry, what else that can you is, do? That is welcome to driving on a road in a city, particularly Spe- Wisconsin Avenue. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin Avenue. Speaking of that, though, I am very afraid of driving in Boston. I'm, I'm not a good driver at the best there of times. There are a lot of one-way streets there. There are a lot of one-way streets. The, <clears throat> the city itself was basically made from cow paths, sure. like, where the cows wandered. So it's, like, it has no rhyme or reason. <laughs> um, it's dangerous. People are not patient or nice. No. They, like, don't leave much room behind you. They honk a lot. I don't know. I just... I don't love the honking. So, in upstate New York, do people honk a lot, or no? No, the in upstate New York, you honk to say hi to someone you recognize on the street. Wow, that's that's wonderful. <laughs> also today, I mean, this, in fairness, like, was a little bit my fault, but, like, there was a lane where parked cars were coming up, so I mm-hmm. switched lanes, and it was like the car was in my blind spot, so I didn't see that, the car, that there was a car that, like, maybe I shouldn't have changed lanes when I did, and so when I came in, they, like, laid on their horn and then went out of their way to go around me so that they could honk at me again. And I, okay. I did one of these. Like, <laughs> I, like, threw my hand up in the air. Like, I know. I'm sorry, but relax. Um, did you have to wait in the line at the post office today with your taxes? Because I did. No, I, um, like any adult, just mail my W-2 to my dad. Okay. <laughs> well, so that's what I have done... Well, so my dad's tax accountant did my taxes. Brennan and I filed separately this year, which, anyway, apparently was a mistake. But <laughs> whatever. There's a Honestly, lot going who knows on. What's smart and what isn't. I, when it comes to taxes. I don't know. Well, no one. And you have to basically start. Like we sent all of our information to Brennan's tax accountant months in advance, and then he just like wasn't getting it done, and we were worried that mm-hmm. like we were gonna miss the deadline. So Brennan just like just like do it with your dad because yeah. I don't want to be responsible for you paying a fine. So. I, like, I did my taxes today, um, and I went to the post office, and they only had one person working at the post office on the busiest effing day of the year for the U.S. Postal Service, besides, like, probably Christmas Eve. But, like, of course that's what the post office would do. Useless company. But I will say that the man who was working in the post office was... You know, it didn't get him down that he had a line out the door. He was joyful. That is he was atypical. <laughs> I know. Well, that's, I mean, I literally was like, I just am so impressed with, like, how cheerful you are. And he's like, girl, this is my, not my first rodeo. <laughs> like, that's, what, that's what he said to me. I was like, he was like, he was like, but to be honest with you, there was supposed to be somebody else here today. So, so, so tell me call, more. <laughs> somebody called him sick on tax day. Like, are you kidding me? Dude. Like, that's when... You know, you you call anyone. Be like, we will pay you triple overtime to be here. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but I did get my taxes in, but it took me an hour out of my day. Taxes are the worst. Like God, 
What a, like what did a you see um, demoralizing time? Cardi B, I think it was like an Instagram video she took of herself, and she was like, "I'm not gonna do her voice because that feels like wrong." Yeah, but it was basically like the government's taking forty percent of my money. Where's it going? <laughs> I want receipts. Seriously, so they're taking all my money. Why? I was like, "Good for you, Cardi B. You asked the questions we want to know." Well, and this year, I like I was telling my mom that. I was, like, angrily texting my mom about the fact that I owe money this year. Mm. Which is, like, I'm, like, how is that possible? I make no money. Mm-hmm. Like, like how how am I not getting $1,000 back at least? Yeah. But anyway, I had to, I owed this year, which, you know, sucked. But then I saw Brendan's taxes, and I'm, like, okay, I should not complain about the 300 bucks that I owed. Oh, yeah. I would imagine his taxes are complex. Well, because he owns a business, it's, like, I mean you have to pay, like, the small business tax, which is, like, I mean, I don't even, I'm not going to say on air how much it was. I'll tell you later. But, I mean, it was eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt, like, pretty bad and for And meanwhile, Apple's just hiding all their money in Ireland, I found out. Is that, like, the new offshore account place? Yeah. Well, and then, like, um, the guy, Tim Cook, was like, we don't, uh, Apple pays our tax. Like, we pay what we owe. We don't hide our money in some Cayman Island. And John Oliver was like, he's right. They don't do that. They hide it in Ireland. And then they move <laughs> it over to, like, Luxembourg. Oh, and then yeah. to Bermuda. Uh, Apple. So, which, like, Google does that, too. I mean, I think most, most people do, do that. Well, like, more, most, like, large corporate entities do that. Which, like, you can't fully blame them for because, like, obviously they're going to try to save a buck however they can. But then small businesses get screwed because they can't do that. No, poor small businesses. Like, it's like, sorry, you make billions of dollars, Amazon and Google. Like, I think you can pay some taxes. I know. Like, the poor small businesses are just, like, white-knuckling their way through life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they are the backbone of the American economy. They absolutely According to are. literally all politicians. <laughs> yeah. And Brendan tells me that three Democrat times a day. Republican. <laughs> no, it's true. Um... Anyway, so. On a lighter note, I have the results. Oh, from, yes. <laughs> I, from Cast Pride and Prejudice. Can I just say that I adored the your selection. Thank I you. was incredibly happy with it. It was honestly more stressful than it should have been. Because I was trying to find for each... I ended up having to do two different castings. Okay. Because once... Um, Idris Elba, as always, made his way into my head. I couldn't not. But and I, I couldn't ask someone to choose between Timothy Chalamet and Idris Elba. No. Because, first of all, they're two completely, like... It's... it's There's... No. There's 20 years between them in age. Yep. And also, like, it would be like asking, like, you to cast two totally different movies. Right. Um, and all, it's just not fair. It's not, it's not fair for me to ask our listeners who've done nothing but support us to choose between two men like that. <laughs> I think Idris Elba, though, would make an amazing Mr. Darcy. I've done this, I've started doing this thing where if I ever feel like a character or like a man was like maybe miscast in a movie, I just replace him in my head with Idris Elba and it always works. It just, it just man. does. Like, I forget, I did that recently with a movie. Um, oh, Something's Gotta Give. The one with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. You put him no, in no, as no, no, Jack no, no, Nicholson? No. Okay, Keanu Reeves is in that movie, uh, and I could not care about Keanu Reeves less. I think he's boring. I think he looks strange. Okay. And so in my head, I was like, what if Idris Elba played this role? I agree better? with you, but like Keanu Reeves, I think, is one of the few men in Hollywood who's actually a good person. Really? Yeah, like he's had I just like think he looks strange. I mean he does, but he also like I'm pretty sure he's had like like his daughter died and stuff. Oh. Like I think he's had like a very tragic life and like gives like so much money to charity. So, you know, I just want to stop you in your tracks before you <laughs> dig yourself too deep in that grave. <laughs> have to walk it back next Yeah, week. exactly. I'm just saving you a corrections corner. Oh, which speaking of, I have a corrections corner this week. Go for it. Uh, my good friend Alexis um said that I was being a little bit gender normative about my um conversation about men and jewelry when I was talking about Ian Somerhalder Damon (laughs) and Vampire Diaries and his jewelry wearing and I just want to clarify that I think 
you know, men, women, everyone should wear what makes them feel good. And if that means you want to wear a jewel pendant as a man, power to you, rock it, love it. I think I mainly, what I was saying is that it was hard for me to adjust Mm -hmm. from seeing Damon and his black tees and dark wash jeans to somebody who wears fedoras and jewels. Well, is it different though to, can you make the distinction of like, you are not attracted to men who wear jewelry, but you don't like disparage those who do? Yes. Well, I just want to make it clear that I think that if you are a man who wears jewelry, don't stop on account Although, of me. please stop wearing crystals. No crystals? crystals. Like, oh, like, like power? The, yeah. The, yeah. Like, Spencer Pratt did that at the end of The Hills when he was not I mean, I just well. think everyone should stop wearing crystals. That's, right. That's not men a gender women. thing. Yeah. yeah. Crystals, no. They don't work, I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> But anyway, so have you ever tried them? No. Okay. Well, you don't speak from experience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So should I read who was up for everything and then read the winners? Yeah. Oh, let's do. Well, I'll read the winners and then I'll say who. I I think you should do them at like at one time though. Like you should be like Elizabeth. Here are the options. Here's who's won. Instead of saying like here are all the options and then going through who won because it's too much to remember. Okay. So okay. So for the casting of Young Pride and Prejudice, for Darcy, the options were Timothy Chalamet or Timothy Chalamet. Absolutely. And um, thank God. Which like the options were yes or oh hell yes, and it was literally fifty (laughs) fifty. Who just wrote yes? Like who? Like who was like. Probably people who thought the other answer or was no like, and didn't that? read it. <laughs> okay, who does not know who he is? Like, I'm sorry, have you been paying attention to the cultural zeitgeist for the last, like, <laughs> like those are probably the same people who are like, who's Adam Rippon? Who is that? Oh, Cher. Who is that? You you need to know who he is. He is a figure skater. And oh. he's like wonderful. I didn't watch a single minute of the Olympics this year. He was the one, first of all, he didn't make the Olympic team last time, and he okay. literally lived in his coach's basement and, like, stole apples from his gym while he trained because he, like, was just training all the time to okay. make the Olympic team, and he just skated so, so well. Like, he just skated clean shows, and he was one of the first openly gay athletes in the Olympics and okay. is, like, one of the first openly gay, openly gay figure skaters. I was going to say. Openly, openly. gay. <laughs> um... And, like, before the Olympics, like, he was kind of in the news because Mike Pence had wanted to meet him and he had refused. Or, like, refused. But, like, he kind of, he explained it in a way that I thought was very classy and thoughtful where basically he was like, look, I was focused on the Olympics. And I was focused on, you know, winning my team a medal, which we won a bronze. And I was focused on skating the best shows that I could skate and I wasn't going to let anything distract me. Like, I would have said no to most things, like, but especially someone who is so openly anti LBGTQ rights. Well, you but know, he the was only like, reason- but now, after this is over, if he invited me to the White House or invited me, you know, like, I was representing America and Team USA, of course I would, like, go. Well, and the thing is, is you know that Mike Pence was basically just doing that to be, to, like, like, see, I don't believe in conversion therapy. See, I don't hate gay people. <laughs> yeah. But he does. He does. Um, and he does support organizations that support conversion therapy, which is awful. Agreed. So anyway, the options were Timothy Chalamet or Timothy Chalamet for Darcy, which I just want to note, every time we do an Instagram poll, I always look to see who voted what. And in my head, they, like, respond really thoughtfully. Even though- I think that people do. I like to. Think I just. I really like to think of people being like, "Hmm, which which is Cher? Is she a Ravenclaw or a Gryffindor?" As opposed to just being like. But I guess maybe sometimes like your instinctual choice is the best choice. Yeah, it's like the SAT. It's like don't don't question it. Don't don't overthink. Yeah. Don't, don't sabotage. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so for Young Pride and Prejudice, the choices for Elizabeth were Gina Rodriguez and Emma Stone, and Gina Rodriguez won. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I do didn't not think know you who would she is. Who she is. So she is in a really great CW show called Jane the Virgin. Oh, okay, okay. I know And, what like, that she's is. just, okay. like, 
she's so effing talented. She just directed an episode of the show. And, like, that show is kind of brilliant in that it manages to walk the line of, like, it's kind of a parody of a telenovela or an homage to a telenovela. But then it's also, like, very funny. Um... And kind of grounded in reality and that, that the family, like, loves each other and she's just, like, really, really talented and I don't think that she gets enough credit. Well, she sure did in our poll. But she's just, like, a positive person and, like, I think her, like, Instagram bio was, like, head down, prayers up. It's just, okay. like, good for you, Gina. So I was pleased to see her win. She won seven to six, so it was it close. It was close, okay. But... but to be honest, like, I just voted for Emma Stone because I didn't know who she was. That's fair. Um, okay, so for Mr. Bingley, Michael B. Jordan won with 53% uh, of the vote, <laughs> which for a while, the only votes were you and me, so he was at 100%. So well, and pleased. my friend Alexis said, please change my vote to Michael B. Jordan because I thought you were putting him as Wickham, and I would never do that to him. <laughs> so, okay, so that's funny that she says that, though, because I almost put him up for Wickham, but then I was like, you know what? No, he just played a villain in Black Panther. I'd like to see him doing something a little more diverse. Also, who doesn't love a good Michael B. Jordan smile, which is 90% of what Mr. Bingley has to do. Is smile. (laughs) So Michael B. Jordan was up against Joey Keery, or Joe Keery. Also don't know who that is. He's Steve. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, see, that was a hard one for me because I felt endeared to Steve more recently. Mm -hmm. But I still, I think I still voted for Michael B. Jordan on that one. For his lovely work in Parenthood. Yes. (laughs) And, um, And Friday Night Lights. I know. Which, by the way, um, I can breathe a sigh of relief because Friday Night Lights is now on Amazon, so I can watch it at my leisure. We again. need Brennan and I like are almost finished with it, so we'll be happy to to do that. Now. Oh my God, Vince. Um, Miss Bingley, uh, Shersha Ronan won with seventy three percent of the vote, which I was really pleased about because uh, Emma Roberts, I heard, is a very mean person. Well, so that's why I voted for Emma Roberts is because Miss Bingley is mean. Yeah, but I just, I also heard that she, like, low-key abused her boyfriend. She bit him. Yeah. Like, really, I think that's what she did, right? Didn't she bite him? Like, literally abused him. So, like... No, he called, like, the police. Like, it was a domestic violence case. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. So, like, maybe she shouldn't be working anymore. Well, maybe. But, but I guess, like, when I think of Miss Bingley, like, I'm like, who's, like, vaguely annoying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, who would I cast as, like, one of the ugly stepsisters, and that's who I would cast as Miss Bingley. Yeah. I almost had Shersha as Elizabeth, because I think that's where she, like, rightly belongs. Yeah. But I kind of wanted Gina Rodriguez to win, and I couldn't give that competition to her. Fair. Because Shersha would have won. Yeah, probably. I would be interested to know who would win between her and Emma Stone. I think probably Shersha. I think probably Shersha. I haven't even seen Lady Bird. But I would still probably vote her. Also, she just looks more like a um, mm-hmm. a Jane Austen heroine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she, like, has that, like, no makeup always look. Yeah. That they all but, like, have. still kind of glam. Yeah. Um, Whereas Emma Stone, like, is a lot of red lip. You know? <laughs> That's true. Um, Kitty and Lydia I had <laughs> as... I love this one. Um, Maisie Williams yeah. and Sophie Turner. Yep. A.K.A. Sansa and Arya. Yep. Um, and it was 50-50 yes and swap them. Because I think I had Sophie Turner as Lydia and um, Maisie as Kitty. Yeah. And it was 50-50. Of people who wanted to switch them and people who were happy with my choice. I think I switched them only because of age. Uh-huh. Because Lydia's supposed to be the youngest. You're right. So I think that was my main thing. I also think that Maisie Williams could play a pretty good, very annoying character. Yeah. Whereas Sophie Turner, I feel like, could be... Like, like Kitty is kind of an in-the-middle character. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she definitely... She turns around. And she definitely, like, pals around with Lydia, whereas I, like... I don't know. I think of Sansa as, like, she's more able to fit in, mm-hmm. I guess. But, I mean, I guess it's, like... I'm not really considering the actresses and their broad swath of work. It's just right. only their Game of Thrones personas that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Although I did see whatever that superhero movie that Sansa was in. Right. X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, I think I saw it with you. Maybe. I definitely saw Captain America with you. Yes. And then for Mr. Wickham, uh, Miles Teller won with 75% of the vote against Ansel Elgort, which, like, frankly, Yes. Miles Teller should be a Wickham. I did not know who the other one was. 
Ansel Elgort was in, he was just in that movie Baby Driver, and he was in The Fault in Our Stars. Okay, never saw either of those. Okay, so... <laughs> Obviously. Um, for the older version of Pride and Prejudice, um, Idris Elba obviously was the only choice right and 91 percent of people i think the option was either like hell yes or everything we deserve yeah and 91 percent of people voted everything we deserve yes. um for elizabeth lupita nyong'o won yes 73 percent of the vote she was up against she is like another person in Hollywood who is just like you just want to be friends with her. Yeah. Like, she just seems, like, so nice. Yeah. And genuine. She was up against Rachel McAdams. So that, like, that, for, like, a rom-com, I feel like is pretty stiff competition. Because yeah. Rachel McAdams could do a rom-com in her sleep and do it well. For sure. Um, Jane, Alexis Bledel won with 54% of the vote. <coughs> A.K.A. Rory Gilmore. Right. Who was the other one? I voted for the other one, I'm pretty sure. The other choice was Rashida Jones. Oh, yeah. And I can tell you why I voted the other way. I think... So, I think Alexis Bledel, like, looks very much, again, like, she fits right into, like, the Jane Austen heroine motif. Like, she looks like that. Whatever. Mm -hmm. However, I think, like, the character of Jane, their main... Her main thing is she's boring. Yeah. And I think Rashida Jones is very boring as Anne in Parks and Rec, and yes. so I picked That's her. That's why I put her <laughs> and Alexis against each other. Like, boring and beautiful, I feel like, is yeah. Jane. Yeah. Um, Bingley, Tom Hiddleston won with 73% of the vote. He was up against Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I felt bad about. I was going to... I wrote here, I actually feel bad about this. I wasn't going to have Tom Hiddleston compete with anyone because it's such an obvious choice. Yeah. But then I thought Lynn would be a great Bingley, and so I put him there, and... You know what? Yeah. I voted for him, but he got Oh, I didn't. Sorry. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Like, Tom is such an obvious choice. He just, he, like, he exudes Bingley. He just looks like a Bingley. He does. Um, Miss Bingley, Emily Blunt won with 55% of the vote. Um, she was up against Mindy Kaling, which I feel like everyone chose Emily Blunt because they were like, yeah, we like the Devil Wears Prada where she plays kind of a bitch. So I voted for, see it again. I voted for Mindy Kaling because I think she's way more annoying. Yeah. Like as a person? No, 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 no. Like, I like. like Capable of playing annoying. Like, yeah. Her Kelly in, um, The Office is so incredibly annoying. Yeah. And that's what you need for Miss Bingley. I feel like Emily Blunt. I think they were. Um, Although Emily, I guess voting for the acting chops. Miss Bingley, though, like I can see, like I think it it depends how you want to play her. Like in in one way, you could have somebody, who, and I think this is, I guess, what I was picturing, who's just like more like simpery and like mm-hmm. annoying. Whereas like Emily Blunt's Miss Bingley would be more calculated and bitchy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can see either way. And then um, for Wickham and the older version, uh, Jude Law won with 80%. I mean, who else? (laughs) I mean, I mean. Who was he against? Oh, Diego Luna. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was. I mean, Jude Law is. He is is Mr. Wickham. Yeah. 100%. Jude. I know. My only hesitation at first was I thought he might be too old, but then he's the same age as Idris Elba, so I was like, okay. But Idris Elba is ageless. Yes. But, I mean, also so is Jude Law, though, so. Yeah. Um, so for the young Pride and Prejudice, I see it as a clueless type of movie. Um, oh, They're wow. in college. Oh, my God. Jane is pressured to get her MRS degree because she's at Columbia racking up debt with her art history major. Oh, my God. Um, and then for the older version, um, I don't know if you've read or heard of this book called Eligible. It came out a couple of years ago. It was, mm-hmm. like, a bestseller. It had, like, this bright red cover. Um, but it's basically, like, a retelling or, like, a reimagining of Pride and Prejudice, but modern. And... Um, the characters there are, like, like, Elizabeth and Jane are, like, in their late 30s. And so I feel like um, the older casting could be a make of that film. That sounds good to me. So. I, I I really enjoy the liberty you took it. Thank you. Creating your own screenplay. Thank you. Um, 
I feel like as we go through our notes, we should cast some of the more minor characters as we go. Yes. So. Which. That's like a fun game. Yeah. Just because you want to cast David Duchovny. <laughs> just because just I want to find a way to slip in David Duchovny and all my other crushes into this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I apologize to anyone who found that boring. Like, I voted in the poll. I did not need to hear the results. But... You know what? <laughs> Screw them if they found that boring. You're obviously in the wrong podcast. <laughs> I feel like that's what most people are in this for. They mostly want to hear us talk about boys. Books, boys... Yeah, feminism. Feminism. (laughs) Yeah. Which, speaking of boys, um, I drunkenly told a group of boys about this podcast on Friday, and they made fun of me. What? They, like, mocked me. They were like, which one of you is the bee, or, like, the queen bee? And I was like, we're both the bees. (laughs) Do we always have, like, you know what? I mean, in fairness, I might have bees. Yeah. You might have told them that you were the queen bee. No, oh. no, not at all. I mean, like, who knows, like, how my tone of voice was when I was talking about it. I'm pretty sure I was like, I have a podcast. <laughs> be impressed by me. <laughs> you know what? People should be impressed because it's pretty friggin' hard to get a podcast on iTunes. Yeah. Not like, you know, not like you have to get reviewed or anything, but right. like, it's hard to put it up. Yeah, it's Technically. Work. Yeah. And they're like, so what kind of books do you talk about? All of like, them. What do you do? Obviously not our core audience. I was like, I don't need, yeah, I don't need to be mocked by you people. Rude and disrespectful. Exactly. Um, so do you want to talk about part three? Yeah. Okay, so the first thing I just want to bring up is that in our Jane Austen class, mm-hmm. they basically posited, or like the, the professor posited that Elizabeth is basically a gold digger and that she's into Darcy because of Pemberley, not at all because of, like, the letter as much. Right. Okay, so I, my thought of that is what I think is interesting about Darcy and Elizabeth is I think that Darcy falls in love with Elizabeth emotionally or, like, for an emotional reason where, like, he, like, she's not really, like, in terms of her status in life like, the right match for him. Right. But, like, he kind of falls in love with her in spite of himself, whereas Elizabeth falls in love with Darcy very rationally. And that, like, I think she does genuinely love him and care for him and esteem him greatly. Right. But, like, you see her, like, do it in a very careful manner, where it's like, okay, so Pemberley's red, and his house, like, his staff, like, they all, like, love him because he treats them really well. He's being really nice to my aunt and uncle. Like, he basically gives her all of these rational reasons why she should be with him, which I think is cool because it kind of flips the script of, like, women are, like, irrational and emotional people and they just, like, fall in love on a whim. Right. But this book is, like, very much about, like, you need to make smart matches, But, like, Darcy kind of, like, is... He's making a smart match in terms of, like, the temperament that he's choosing. But he also has the luxury to do so because he's so I was going to say... I was going to say he has the the means to be able to make that choice. Which, like, that's why Austin lets him do it. Right. Because otherwise it's like, no. Right. (laughs) Well, what I was going to say is that when I was reading it the first time in that class, I, like, that's exactly how I saw it. I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. this is the gold digger plot line. Yeah. But then this time, I I didn't feel that way as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that she definitely really likes his house, and I think that, like, she has fantasized about being mistress of Pemberley and whatever, and that's, you know... Valid. Valid, because who wouldn't? Sounds rad. It does. <laughs> but I think that she's preoccupied with thoughts of him like long before she Mm -hmm. gets to Pemberley and I think he's like taking up more of her consciousness Mm -hmm. throughout the book like I just think that there's there are signs that she's interested even if she's not aware that she's interested yet she can't help sparring with him like any opportunity she has to like be able to quip back and forth with him or spar with him she takes it Right. Whereas I feel like with Mr. Collins, she's like, I'm constantly trying to avoid talking to that asshole. He's with good the reason. worst. <laughs> yeah. Which we need to talk about the letter that he writes to Mr. Bennett. The one about Lydia? Yeah, yeah. Where he literally says, it would be better if she was dead. 
<laughs> Mr. Bennett's like, I cannot wait to write back to this letter. My cousin Kara texted me. She's like, you know, because I last episode said that, like, how much I hate Mr. Collins. And she's like, you know, honestly, like, I can't even judge Mr. Collins that much because, like, I think he generally, genuinely, like, is on the spectrum somewhere. Like, <laughs> like, I, like I just really don't think that he has any awareness or capability of, like, being social and normal in, like, a social situation. And, like, nor is he aware at all of what other people are reading into what he says. It's like he read some sort of book about sociability and is just trying to, like, follow that as closely as he can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, so I will say, like, I, I actually liked it better, this read-through, read because I wasn't... I wasn't feeling as cynical this time. Yeah. Because, like, all we ever talked about in that class was about money. Yeah. Well, I think that she, like, there is a stereotype, I think, that this book is, like, this grand love story. And it kind of is. But at the same time, like, there's a lot more going on than, like, four couples falling in love with each other. Well, but I also think that, I mean, I think that marriage is a practical choice. It's the only choice. But no, but I, no, I, I mean, I, I mean in life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that, like, you have to make a decision about who you marry based on, like, a lot of factors. Yeah. And if, like, you can, like, really, really love somebody and it would not be a good marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's, like, this idea, like, it's like, well, love, you know, can conquer all, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, really, honestly, like, there are things that, you know, have to come into place. Yeah. Like, love is, you know, the love is definitely there, Mm -hmm. but you have to have other things there, too. Yeah. Like, you know, jobs. Yeah. And, like, you know. Similar goals. Exactly. Like, you have to have similar goals and similar... You have to want to live a similar life. You have to have similar values. Like, you don't have to have the same values, but, like you want to have similar values for your children and, like, want mm-hmm. the same things out of life. Um, so. So, I like, I, I don't think that this book is, like, overly cynical about the idea of marriage. Like, I think it actually is right in how it presents it. It's, like, well, yeah, it's, like, very exciting, like, falling in love, but you also have to, like, be smart about it because... Yeah, and I think, like, if Austin were all about, like, throw caution to the wind and just, like love who you love, like, Elizabeth probably would have ended up with Wickham. Yeah, which is horrible. And, like, Austin, like, time and time again will show you, like, oftentimes, like, an Austin heroine will become, like, preoccupied with a dude in the beginning of a book, and it it either turns out that they're a scoundrel or it's just, like, this is way too over-emotional and it's not a good choice. Like, Eleanor, not Eleanor, um, Marianne in Sense and Sensibility becomes, like, overcome with love for this guy named Willoughby and like all the time this guy this is the one we did not read right okay and um all the time there's this other guy um he's Colonel Brandon who's like just like he's kind of a Darcy where it's like he's very nice but he's older and he's just like kind of boring but he just like loves Marianne and you basically find out that like Willoughby like impregnated someone (gasps) and like just left him for dead. And, like, then he goes off and marries this heiress, like, behind Marianne's back. And she's, like, devastated. Um, but then, like, Colonel Brandon just, like, comes out like a like a true hero. Hmm. And he, like, in it, it's a similar vein where, like, Colonel Brandon knew that Willoughby had impregnated someone and, like, doesn't say anything at first because uh. Marianne... He also, like, he didn't want that to be the reason that Marianne married him. Hmm. Um, but it's, like, it's a similar vein of, like, or even, um, in Emma, um, Harriet, like, falls in love with that Mr. Elton guy, and it's, like, a bad match. In what? In Emma. Oh, okay, okay. Well, mostly because Emma's, like, trying to, she's like, yeah, that Mr. Elton, he'd be perfect for you. And Mr. Elton's like, gross, I want to be with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, Emma, what a great book. So good. It's so funny. I know. My favorite is when anything to do with her dad, I just love. Because he's always like, no, like, please know to eat the cake. It's very sweet, and you'll probably get sick. <laughs> um, speaking of dads, um, I would like to posit David Duchovny as Mr. Bennett in the young version. Fine. Like, current day David Duchovny. I think that he, 
Okay, and I, I also want to say my opinion <clears throat> of Mr. Bennett has changed in this part. Okay. I think he's a bad dad this part. Okay. Um, I think he is very ineffectual mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and I think he also has really not set up his family in a way that the, like that they're likely to succeed. I think the other problem, too, it's like, if Mr. Bennett had married, like, a really practical, smart woman, I wouldn't mm-hmm. blame him as much. But, mm-hmm. like, he married Mrs. Bennett, who is, like, more useless than he is. Yeah. And so, like, his family basically has no chance in hell to... Like, I'm not saying, like, well, he's the head of the household. He really shouldn't be, <clears throat> like, providing for his family. Right. But it's, it's more that, like, he also married somebody who also couldn't do it so yeah now they basically are two ineffectual parents who are doing nothing to raise their daughters in a way that they're going to be successful yeah i agree however his letter to mr collins after elizabeth gets engaged like almost redeems him yeah well that's that's the thing like that's why i want david duchovny to play him because i think he at once exudes irresponsibility but also (laughs) fun yeah Just to read that letter, it says, Dear Sir, I must trouble you once more for congratulations. Elizabeth will soon be the wife of Mr. Darcy. Console Lady Catherine as well as you can. But if I were you, I would stand by the nephew. He has more to give. LOL, LOL, LOL. What a great letter. Yeah. But then also it's like, so what then doesn't redeem him for me is that he's like, Wickham's my favorite of the husbands. Because he's fun. Like, (laughs) no, like, that's not, that's not okay. That was, that, when he... So he says it twice, like, when... It's so after Lydia and Wickham are married and they, like, show up at their house and, like, Lydia's bragging all over the place and <sighs> Wickham is just being, like, smarmy as hell, the dad, like, by the time they leave is like, I like that Wickham. I'm so lucky to have such a great son-in-law. It's like, are you kidding me? Have you forgotten? Like, literally, it's just because he's amusing. And then poor Kitty is going to pay the price. He's like, Kitty, you're not going anywhere until you can <laughs> convince me that you've had one rational thought per day. Good luck, Kitty. <laughs> Um, I really like that, um, Elizabeth makes the biggest deal ever about meeting Mr. Darcy's sister, like, as it should be. I like that, (laughs) like, that's the test he puts her through, is to see whether or not him and his sister get along. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Honestly, if my sister sounded like Brendan, that probably would be the end of it. I mean, as it should be. It is as it should be. Like, I just don't understand, like, even if you're the other person who, like, whose family... Even when it's, like, if, like, to be Brendan in that situation. Like, why would you want to be in a relationship where, like, some someone's family hates you? Like, their family doesn't go away. No. You know what I mean? So it's, like, both parties. I'm, like, isn't that, like, a sign to you that, like, maybe... Unless, like, you truly don't get along with your family. Well, if you're not close with your family or you have, like, a bad relationship with your family, then... That's a different It's act. different. But if you have a close family, they probably know better than you. Like, what's good for you? I wrote, Lydia's behavior is completely her parents' fault. It is. It is. But then what's interesting, too, is that, like, Collins writes that letter, like, it would be better if she were dead, which is, like, kind of the sentiment of that time. Right. Whereas, like, Lydia gets married, and they pay off the debts, and, like, no, she doesn't have a great life, but she's not dead. And she's, like... Well, and she also was pretty, like, braggadocious about her life. Like, I think... Right. Like... I mean, the thing that's unfortunate for Lydia is that she was only 16. Right. And so, like, I don't think that she was in a place to be making these kinds of choices on her Which own. Which I think is what Austin kind of wants to highlight. Like, she, I think she's more satirical about Collins's opinion about the whole, like, Lydia ordeal than she is about, like, than she is critical of Lydia. Like, I think she's like, yeah, Lydia did a dumb thing, and I'm not going to say that that's a good marriage. But I'm also not going to say that a 16-year-old deserves to die. No, well, absolutely not. But I also think it's very clear. What did that just say? It said something about Barbara Bush. No. Um, no, no, no. Wait, pause. It was CNN, which is always first. Breaking news. Barbara Bush died! No! Wait, are you kidding me? My friend Christine just texted me. Oh. No! I'm so sorry. To the Bush family and to you. <laughs> Uh, my, my first daughter is going to be named Barbara, both after my grandmother and Barbara Bush. <sighs> well, that's a damper 
much she lived a long and full life. She did. I also just want to highlight some of, like, Barbara Bush's most fun moments. Like, for example, when Bush Sr. said something about how, like, abortion was bad, and he was, she was like, well, I don't know what he would know about it. <laughs> um, and then at another time, she was making a speech um, and said something like, you know, and maybe the spouse of the next president is here in the room and I wish him well (laughs) which is like you know saying that the next president would be female which you know I love her yeah also like when she said um she got interviewed on what's her granddaughter is Jenna Jenna Jenna? yeah like her show or whatever like yeah Jenna had pulled a few strings and got her on there and then she, like, just complained about how early it was the entire time. She's like, and they only had her on for, like, ten minutes. She's like, are you kidding me? I woke up for this. And they, they also asked her if um, she would ever let um, George W. paint her, because he's, like, now painting all the time. And she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, so Barbara Bush Corner. That's really sad. Side note, Donald Trump. Do not go to that funeral. Do not go to that funeral. You don't deserve do not to. Speak. Jeff do not deserves to be able to be at his mother's funeral without you there. Don't even fucking tweet about it. Don't even no, tweet about I it. I don't even want. Don't. I, no. Send flowers like a normal human being. And or don't donate send pence. Or you know Don't what? send him either. Donate to a charity of their choice. Yeah. To the Literacy Foundation. Yeah. Donate to the Literacy Foundation. Or the Bush Center. Yeah. God. To PEPFAR. Something. <laughs> Just... Just don't go. Just resign. <laughs> Already. Just God, resign just as leave. president, please. God. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be hard to get through. Okay. Um, so, what I was going to say, I think, is that Jane Austen, I think, also very much presents it as if she had had different parents, this never would have happened. Like, mm-hmm. she basically has a mother who's encouraging her to go out and be, like... Th- the thing is, is, like, what Mrs. Bennet values is her daughter's relationships with men. Yes. And, like, so this girl is basically going out and thinking that she's doing the right thing mm-hmm. by, like, flirting with officers mm-hmm. and running off with them with reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. And then her father literally does nothing. Like, he just, like, is so absentee. He, like, doesn't really seem to give much of a shit about Lydia at all. Like, he only cares about Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I don't blame him. She's the best one. But, like, anyway. It it just seems like Lydia is a product of her upbringing. And, Mm -hmm. like, you can't really foresee a future that's different for her. The other thing that's very upsetting to me is how her mother reacts to the marriage itself like she basically just goes around bragging about it when it's like this is this you basically have been conned by this guy who now has extorted money to marry this girl like it's Mm -hmm. not love yeah she's like oh my gosh like isn't like you know the servants are gonna get a bowl of punch like isn't this great no darcy had to pay him like thousands i know in that time it's he had to pay him a lot of money I know. To Wickham, of all people. I know. He did it for Elizabeth. That's So what's nice about Darcy is, like, it's just nice to know that a man could hear criticism of himself and, like, hear that criticism, process it, write a letter defending, like, some of the, like, misconceptions that she has, but not say, like, you know, you're wrong about my being proud or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, he, like, works to like, upend some of her thoughts about that. So it's like, he couldn't give a fuck about Lydia, and he hates Wickham, but he's like, okay, like, Elizabeth loves her family, and so I can do this for her, and, like, literally attempt to take no credit. And just... I'm sorry, I'm looking at pictures of Barbara Bush right now. (laughs) Like, just look at her. Aw, Babs. I just... Anyway, yes, I agree with everything you just said. It's nice. It is nice. Well, and he also, though, it's maybe a little bit, I'm not selfish, but he's also looking out for himself in that, like, if Lydia had, like, gotten pregnant and, like, you know, just died in disgrace or whatever in childbirth, which, like, probably she would have, Mm -hmm. um, Darcy probably couldn't have married Elizabeth. Yeah. And so 
I'm not saying this was a selfish motive. It certainly wasn't. I mean, and he it, doesn't take any credit for it, but he also is basically saving Elizabeth's yes. value. Well, but he also kind of admits to that. He's yeah. like, I mean, I did it for you. But, I mean, he did it also for himself. Yes. Because he could never, ever have married her if that had been the case. Yes. Um, also, another character who I adore is Mr. Gardner. Like Those what? Gardeners. The gardeners are the friggin' best. Who would we cast as them? Oh, it's kind of hard because they're like a little boring. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like t- a nice couple. Like John Goodman, and what is he in? Like you he, have to okay, give me a so character. John Goodman, he plays um, Sully in Monsters Inc. Oh, he's that voice, and okay. then he's in like The Big Lebowski. He's um, okay. He's okay. a husband in Roseanne. Okay, okay, yes, so yes. So, like, just, like, great voice and, like, yeah. affable. Also, the guy who plays Zeke Braverman probably could play him. Oh, he's a little old, probably, yeah. but he could be in the older version. Yeah. Oh, Zeke. Oh, God. Um, yeah, okay, and, like, the I like that. played Mrs. Weasley. Yeah. Oh, love her. Just, like, sweet yeah. I'm trying to think of anyone, but I'm drawing a complete blank of... I'll throw Diane Keaton in the mix for Mrs. Gardner. I think she would bring kind of, like, a wacky energy to her, which could be kind of fun. Mrs. Gardner, I think, also is, like, a little bit more, um... She's, like, more of an edge to her, mm-hmm. I think, than Mr. Gardner. Like, Mr. Gardner, I think, is, like, you know, I'm gonna go, like going after her and stuff, which yeah. is, like, very sweet and, you know, whatever. But but I think Mrs. Gardner is the one who's, like, when Lydia comes back, she's, like, kind of mean to her. Cause yeah. She's, like, you really She's, like, up. you better sit down and listen yeah. to what I have to say. Yeah. I like, though, that both her and um, Mr. Gardner are, like, oh, okay. I think Darcy is very clearly in love <laughs> with Elizabeth. Yeah. And they like, and the last line of the book is basically like thanking the gardeners yeah, who really for, like, made the this means happen. Of uniting them. Well, because it's like the gardeners are like they made their money from like being tradesmen, or right. like Mr. Gardner's a tradesman. So it's like he really is not a great connection of Elizabeth's, but like Darcy meets them and is like, oh wow, these are like real good people. Well, and, and it's, so it's like his ability to like be really lovely to them and see that their goodness is like part of what makes Elizabeth soften to him. And so it's, like, you kind of see it's, like, yeah, like, Elizabeth has, like, in, what are the Phillipses? The ones that, like, live in town and are, like, just as vulgar as Mrs. Darcy. Oh, yeah. Or Mrs. Um, Bennett. Yeah. And so it's, like, those people are bad, but so is Lady Catherine. And so it's, like, in the middle we have the gardeners, and those are, like, the people that are allowed Darcy and Elizabeth to kind of get together. Got it. You know, what if we had... Um... Coach Taylor and Tammy as the gardeners. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, can you my imagine God. him as Mr. Gardner? Yes. That'd be the best. I love Kyle Chandler. Yes. Oh, he would be an excellent Mr. Gardner too because like you know like he can get tough and in your face but also like he's mm-hmm. just a big softie at heart. Yes. Oh my god. And then you have um Connie Britton, who, yeah, like, perfect hair. you know, perfect hair and, you know, beautiful woman, but also, like, she can give you some straight talk about mm-hmm. what you do with your virginity. Right. And just, like, a charming couple together. Yes. And you know that they just, like, love to gossip over, like, cards or something, yeah. whatever they did back in that time for fun. That sounds Like, great. just taking a turn around the room together, mm-hmm. gossiping about Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy and, like, perfect, their future loves. Yeah. Sold. Also, like, Kyle Chandler, like, and uh, Timothy Chalamet um, fishing. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh my god, she is what crying. A <laughs> She's crying. <laughs> god. Um, anyway, I just find like the Mr. Gardner and Mr. Darcy colluding to save Lydia like the sweetest. Yeah, it's also like pretty hot. Uh, uh, Mr. Not Gardner, Mr. Gardner. Now that it's Kyle Chandler, <laughs> now that it's Kyle Chandler, Chandler. it's like oh, okay. Um. Also, so like initially, they think Mr. Gardner has paid 
yes. him off. And, like, both of the Bennett parents' reactions are unacceptable. Yes. Mrs. Bennett's like, well, he only ever gave us a few gifts in the past, so, like, he owes us this. And then Mr. Bennett is like, when he finds out that it's Mr. Darcy, oh. he's like, well, this is better because I'm not going to have to pay this back now because even if I insist, he will never accept it. Yeah. But if it was my brother, I definitely would have had to pay him back. So this yeah. is this is for the best. Yeah, this is, frankly, great news. Yeah. It's like, God. God, they're the worst. So um, inappropriate. Yeah. Also, I suspect that Wickham could potentially be a sociopath. Probably. Because he never is anxious. Like, if you had just basically kidnapped somebody's daughter, had sex with her, obviously. And then, like, found out that Elizabeth clearly knows, like, not only does she have a bad opinion of you because of what you did to Lydia, but, like, she's she like, oh, I heard you've been a Kimberly, and she's like, yeah, I learned a lot. And he's like, oh, you know, maybe you met the servant. And she's like, yeah, she said you were, like, wild and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but who would play Mrs. Bennett? Oh, you know who I think should play Mrs. Bennett? Um, okay, the mom, she's um, the main girl on Riverdale. What is her first name? Oh! Her mom. Okay. Um, she plays Sherry in Gilmore Girls as well. Yes, and she also plays the duchess that um, is Nate's affair in Gossip Girl. You're yeah, she also is in Twin Peaks. Yes, when she's young. Yes. Um, yeah, because I think be a Mrs. Bennett. Well, because sure. Mrs. Bennett is hot. Like she's supposed yeah. to be hot. Um. But like, I don't know. Maybe someone who's like seems a little more hysterical though. Mm-hmm. To think on this. Maybe a Reese Witherspoon could do a good Mrs. Bennett. Ooh, I would like to see Reese Witherspoon's Mrs. Bennett, for sure. Like, I'm thinking of her in uh, Big Little Lies. Like, I feel like she can be a pretty crazy mom. Yeah. Who, like, is sometimes thinking about not the right things. Yeah. And, like, definitely encouraging encouraging Jane, in my version, to just get married because, like, what is she going to do with an art history degree? Jane or Elizabeth? Um, Jane. Oh, okay. In my, in my version. I don't know okay. what Elizabeth is up to yet. Okay. I get that far. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, but what I was gonna say, though, is that, like, sociopaths never, ever get nervous. Right. And Wickham, like, is just way too comfortable Well, he's always just, house. like, slipping into a room, like, and fitting in, because everyone's like, oh, no, we love him, and then later, like, they realize he's, like, in all this debt, and, like, everything's horrible, and they're like, oh, yeah, actually, like... He slept with all our daughters and, like, <laughs> owes us all money. <laughs> but even after he does that to Mr. Bennett, Mr. Bennett's like, he's still my favorite. Because he's amusing, which is, like, dude. Right, but, like, I mean, that's, like, some Ted Bundy shit. Yeah. It's not great. I feel bad for Elizabeth when she has to, like, tell everyone that she and Mr. Darcy are engaged. And even Jane is like, be serious. <laughs> You hate him. I know. She's like, no, actually, I've been keeping my feelings to myself for a while, unlike all of you. Right. Well, I mean, come on. Jane is as simple as they come. Yeah. She's like, I have a crush on Mr. Bingley, and I just, you know, he probably doesn't like me, though, because I'm just so low. I'm very indifferent when he comes back. Bullshit. Yeah. She's always smiling. Um, also when Lydia, after Lydia gets married, and then she says to Jane, she's like, well, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm number one sister now, bitch. Yeah. She's like, actually, I'm gonna have to be first in line. Jane's like, gross. Jane's like, okay, slutball. <laughs> <laughs> Does it count as a marriage if it's a scandal? I Maybe mean, not. <sighs> yeah, I know. Um... Oh, so I cast um, Kath- Catherine, is that her name? DeBerg. Catherine DeBerg. Yeah. As um, Colleen, the woman who plays Colleen in 30 Rock. Yes. She died. But... I know, but I don't <laughs> but, care. Yes. But yes, Bring exactly. her back. Or Kelly Bishop from Gilmore Girls. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. She, no, I think she would actually even be better because she, like, has the fancy vibe. Yeah. And also it's like, I mean, 
Lady Catherine is a lot more irredeemable than Emily Gilmore. Um, oh, well, as we I just about, love Emily Gilmore is like to the just best. listen to Kelly Bishop just like chew someone alive. It's like there's nothing like it. Okay, so like when you're casting Lady Catherine, you like the line that you think of is are the shades of Pemberley to be thus polluted? <laughs> you're just like cool. Yes. <laughs> Like, she's being super rude to Elizabeth, but you're just like, that's the dopest thing that you could say right now. <laughs> also, like, I would just love... Who would play Mr. Collins? Like, I love the idea of Mr. Collins just worshipping Kelly Bishop. Yes. As she deserves. Yes. Um, somebody, like, boring. But, like, awkward. Yeah. But who, like, is able to pull that off as funny. Right. To think about it. Like, like literally no actors are coming into my head right The now. first one that comes to my mind, but I don't think it's right, is the guy who plays the guy in the social network. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Yeah, he might not be totally right. But, like, that, that's just, like, when I think of awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I don't know. The The thing that is a problem for me is that all I ever watch is true crime shows. and mm-hmm. Or not true crime. Like, well, I do watch a lot of Forensic Files, but, like, crime procedurals. And, like, they're usually obscure and British because I've seen all the big ones by now. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to, like, know any like actor mainstream. that is pertinent. Well, also there, like, aren't, frankly, that many, like, mainstream actors in their 20s. Like, it's usually, like... Like, there are a lot of actresses in their 20s that you can, like, kind of pick between. Or, like, in their 20s or, like, early 30s. But, like, not a ton of actors. Yeah. What about, like, Josh Gad? <laughs> like, I feel like he could just really up the comic release. Accepted. <laughs> I like it. Something like a Josh Gad type, even. Because Josh Gad might be, like, 40. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> Which, like, frankly, that would even be fine. I also, how old is Mr. Collins actually supposed to be? Do Who we knows? even know? Like, I don't, like, I just feel like he could have been a perpetual bachelor for a long time now. Yeah. And, like, only recently started to feel guilty like about like, Miss Catherine, or Lady Catherine was like, you better get married, you weirdo. Yeah. Is Brennan coming up the stairs? Like, I heard movement. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, well. Um... I don't know. I'm not sure he's totally right either, but... I think you're on the right track. Yeah. I don't know. I'll think on it. Trying to think of a Game of Thrones character that might be, like, a good Mr. Collins. The guy who plays Samuel Tarly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although he's way too endearing. I love him so much. Like, I think Josh Gad can, like, play, like, a dick. Yeah. Who, you know. Um, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and also, like, the book ends basically with Lydia asking for more money. And I'm like, <laughs> great. So now you guys are, like, basically Bonnie and Clyde just trying to, like, suck yeah. money out of all of your Jane relatives. Jane and Elizabeth, yeah. And, like, both Jane and Elizabeth are just, like, secretly sending them money. Because, like, Elizabeth is like, I'm not about to ask Darcy for more money for you. I know. Jeez. I also would like to highlight um, Austin very clearly values um, men who love women so much that they're, like, almost embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. Because there are two very similar lines in Emma and Pride and Prejudice where... um, Elizabeth basically is teasing Mr. Darcy for when he and Bingley first come back to Netherfield and to um, Longbourn, and she's like, how come when you came into the house, you, like, barely looked at me and didn't talk to me? Like, I was embarrassed for my previous treatment, and he was like, I was not sure how you felt about me. And um, he says, she was like, well, you could have said something. And he's, like, a man who felt less might have. And then um, when Mr. Knightley 
and Emma is proposing to Emma or like basically confessing that he loves her. Yeah. Um, he says something um, to the effect of, or like this might be even be the exact quote. Um, he said, "If I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more." It's very, very sweet. sweet. And like those are two. I think like Darcy and Knightley are two of like the best romantic leads of like Austin canon. Yeah. Um. So like clearly Austin has a type of like kind of awkward, but still great guys. Also, they're rich. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that's all the notes I had, really. The only note that I have is the way Elizabeth flirts is the way I like to flirt. Just, like... Just yelling at people. Lightly teasing. Yeah. It was what I would say. (laughs) Okay. I guess I'm mixing up when you flirt versus when you're drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what'd you give this on Goodreads? Five? Five out of five. Okay, I give it a four out of five. That's fine. Yeah. I gave Emma five out of five, I'm pretty sure. Earned. Mansfield Park probably get a three. <laughs> I think you're right. Well written, but God. <laughs> the only good part, there's a great part, though, where, like, what's her name? Fanny is, like, sitting in a dark room by herself, just, like, hoping to get attention from Edmund. And Edmund's like, why the fuck are you sitting in the dark? And she's like, oh, I don't know, because nobody likes me. <laughs> Fanny. Yeah, Fanny. No. Um... Well, now that I'm back in time, maybe Audrey and I will get together and watch the Kira Knightley version. Yes. Are you worried about that? So, in the Kira Knightley version, they just, like, only play up their romantic part, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all they're, they're about. They, they're not too into the entail as much. No. I mean, like, they get into it in, in that it is mentioned. Um, but yeah. I mean, nothing. So I guess the only person that we have left to worry about are Mary and Kitty. Yeah, and it sounds like Mary, like, dies alone, and Kitty, like, might be okay. It's like she Kitty will probably, pro- Kitty will probably be fine. Yeah, it was like, um, Kitty started spending most of her time either at, with the Bingleys or the Darcys, and she started doing real well. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Maybe, maybe she was palling around with Georgiana. Oh, um, yeah, Seems maybe. like a better companion for her than Lydia. Yeah, I mean, good thing like they just put Lydia really far away. Yeah, and they were so like, she can't even visit her. her. Um, so our next book, yeah, is Love by Toni Morrison. Yup, I have not read it. Cher has. I have read it. I read it my junior year of college when I was abroad, and I loved it. Yep. So that'll be our next. Our next book. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. And thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Shout out to Grace for live texting me all of her thoughts of our last Pride and Prejudice episode. Yes, God bless. Um, I have not, as of this moment, read all of your texts yet. Um, I see the most recent one just says, sorry for blowing up your phone. Um, never, ever be sorry, Grace. Don't ever, ever. be sorry for live texting me about the podcast. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.